We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, here, Popcorn Radio with my dad and Hatch. Yay, yay, get your popcorn ready podcast coming to you live from New York City. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's no your host out here from LA and my boy. This is T.O. I'm right here in sunny Florida. There you go. What y'all weather like up there today, boy? Uh, it's a little overcast today, but you know, okay. I got my shades on, so it's always sunny yeah, here in Florida. You always got your shades on, man. That's right, man, because I have a bright future. Wow. Don't ever forget that. Keep that to yourself, cornball. Anyway, yeah, we got another it. South Florida guest coming to the to the show today. We got Santana Moss coming to the show, South Florida native, went to the University yep, yep. of Miami, still kind of lives in Miami and goes back and forth to Washington, played 14 years in the NFL. New York Jets is my teammate. And then he went to the Washington Redskins and played his last 10 years as a skin. Uh, looking forward to having him on the show, oh, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking guys. forward. Yeah, absolutely, I'm looking forward to him uh, to, to come on the show as well. Um, definitely, you think about me playing against the Washington Redskins. Obviously, they were in, in our division, NFC, uh, whatever uh, the NFC conference. Division. Yeah, conference. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just, I just in my mind right now, I'm seeing number 89 yeah. go to the top, beat. Or go through the scene beating our beating our, uh, <laughs> our corners, beating our slot guys. Uh, you know, six, number eighty-nine. This dude right here, like a very dynamic player. Um, he was fast. About, that boy was yeah, fast, boy. Exactly. <laughs> um, again, he was one of those guys that kind of broke the 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 stigma of of short guys coming in mm-hmm. and being number one uh, type receivers. When you think of these number one guys, now we had a uh, one on the on our on our show. Uh, just last week with Tyreek Hill, a couple weeks ago, Tyreek Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. You think about Steve Smith. You know, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys as well. As well. They kind of had that chip on their shoulder. Yeah, you know, sort of like that that uh, uh, Napoleon complex. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you will, if yeah. you will, of really not trying to. And when you think about somebody coming from the University of Miami, they they don't come. Where well, they got with, six with, three receivers everywhere. <laughs> exactly, and, and 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 they don't come shy of a lot of confidence. And a lot of swag on top yeah. of that. So, you know, we welcome this guy. I can't wait to talk to him. Um, yeah, Santana Moss. Uh, that's what I remember as a Washington Redskins. I know you guys played on other teams together, but that's how I remember mm-hmm. Santana Moss. This guy right here, uh, I'm looking forward to talking and chatting with him today. 
Absolutely. And say all you kids out there who's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, again, he was a 5'9", kid. Yes, he's a legit 4'3", so you can't be no 4'9", dude, and be 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and still make it to the lead. That's going to be tough. But uh, like I said, you no can doubt. still be small and short, and but he go probably he made plays. You know, he was a playmaker, and that's you know mm-hmm. what got him to the lead. So welcome Santana Moss on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. No doubt. Subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. Yep. And to see the video version of this podcast, just subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Terrell Owens. Yeet. Coming up, get your popcorn ready podcast. Santana Moss in the building. Yeet. Get your take popcorn all your little- ready podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, and I got my other host, Yeet. Matthew Hatchet. And guess who we got today? Yes, Santana sir. Santana Moss. Tana Man is in the building on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. Appreciate you coming on, Tana. Hey, man. You know, when you gave me the ring, man, I had to say yes, man. I mean... You've been a big brother, big inspiration to me in my career. And when it comes to T.O., man, you say, get yeah. your popcorn. That's all I did. <laughs> like, you know, man, I appreciate you boys having me on, man. Uh, that's what's no up, doubt. man. So, yeah, me and Tanner played together at the New York Jets when Tanner was a rookie. Came in, put him under my wing a little bit, got him right, ended up playing, what, 14 years, Tanner? 14, 14 years. 14 man. years, got your Pro Bowl, second team All-Pro as well. Uh, first four years with the New York Jets. Then you went up to the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. and, like I say, didn't really rejuvenate your career because it was never down, but, you know, kind of excelled, you know, everybody's expectations up in Washington. So how was it playing up in Washington? It was great. I mean, when you think about it, Washington actually gave me my wings. You know, they all, they mm-hmm. all had a chance to fly. You know, when I was in New York, man, it was just odd to me, you know, at first, you know, first of all, coming out of the gate, being there, supposed to be their savior. They wanted me as a special teams guy. Mainly um, as a special teams guy, I get hurt their first year. And it seemed like it was like me against everybody. You know, they just mm-hmm. kind of gave me their behinds to kiss that for, for, you know, time being that first year until I got myself back on my feet. But those four years went by fast. I was able to learn a lot. You know, I, I, I really learned what it, what it was like being a pro or to mm-hmm. be a pro. And then I also, you know, became a pro through that process of just watching guys like yourself. You know, the later years I had, um, you know, Wanger back to watch. Uh, Hello. So many other guys that came through. But when I got to Washington, I was ready to go because those four years went by so fast. And mm-hmm. I actually got initiated. It, it, it actually was my initiation, like, welcome to the league. And now mm-hmm. it's time for you to go out here and shine. So that's what I did when I got to Washington, man. I just put my you know, put my feet down and just made sure I went out there and did what I do. But yeah, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Tyreek Hill from the Kansas City Chiefs on. And again, he had came in as that special team or punt returner. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how he wanted to evolve into a great receiver. You were more of a receiver first. And, yep. you know, you could also return kicks. But how did you like that? Like I said, have that stigma on you? Well, he maybe just a kick returner. Like, no, like I play receiver, too. I mean, honestly, it was cool because it got me there. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of think about my journey. Um, I came into college as a walk-on uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, went to a school in high school where we didn't even throw the ball. My senior year was right. my best year out of those years I played as a starter for three years at that high school. And I only mm-hmm. had 25 catches. And I had mm-hmm. 12 touchdowns and 600-something yards. So when the guys that I came in the door with, Reggie Wayne, uh, Daryl Jones, another guy, Robert, uh, um, I forgot, Robert Williams, those Williams. guys were elite from their, their states. Louisiana yeah. from Reggie, Daryl and uh, Robert, both from Texas. And I was just the guy from Miami, you know, in my backyard saying, just give me the <laughs> opportunity. 
And so when I stepped on that field, I, you know, I was just a playmaker. I was the guy, when you gave me the ball, I, you know, I had I had in the back of my head, I always told myself I was going to light the grass up. You know, I wasn't a guy <laughs> big and talking yeah. about stuff that I can do, but I, I was very confident in my game. So I knew when you gave me the opportunity, you know, opportunity was something that our coach had reiterated to us so many, so many years at, you know, being in high school, mm-hmm. he always gave us a quote saying that uh, opportunity favors the prepared. Hey, and yeah. so I knew if I'm prepared, you know, the opportunity comes, I'm going to light the fire. You know, I'm going I'm to set the field on fire. So when mm-hmm. I got that chance in Miami, it was just go time. And so to, to honestly be that guy to get into the NFL as a first round after being a walk-on and people looking at me just like, hey, you know, we want them. You know, the Jets really wanted me to, you know, um, beef up their special teams game. I say, hey, you telling me short because I know mm-hmm. I can vote, but I understand the times that we was in because you got to think in 2001, we wasn't removed yet from allowing a receiver under six feet be a dominant star receiver in the league. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, You know, I believe that me and Steve Smith kind of was, you know, we played a big role into changing things in the NFL because you think about it, those years removed, you saw guys smaller than us getting, you know, picked. And yeah. earlier, you know, all positions in the first round. So I was just eager for the opportunity to show them and prove to them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was always a guy that said, hey, whatever you give me, I'm going to do, the, you know, as much as I can with it. I always said less was more, but they had to give me the chance first for me to show them in order for me to prove that. So, Neil, yeah, I know man. we're always talking on the show with, uh, except we, again, T was a small, small school guy. I was a small school guy. And we didn't have a lot of accolades in high school. And that's kind of the message we try to get out to a lot of kids listening and stuff like that, because you don't have to be that superstar in high school. You got to keep that chip on your shoulder, though, and keep ascending. You know what I'm saying? Keep getting better. But that's a big uh, you know, reason why, again, all these five star, four star guys, that doesn't mean nothing when you're in high school. You got to keep working. Especially, like say you went to University of Miami. You've seen the best of the best. You've seen some freaky athletes. And for you to, again, to catch them. Physically, when you're 22, it's not about when you're 18. You got to catch them when you're 22. So yep. those four years of work is what's really go, you know, keep you around in the NFL. And yeah, and so uh, definitely, uh, you know, speaking speaking of your recognition, uh, your recognition, um, obviously your talents didn't go unrecognized because in 2011, um, the University of, of Miami they inducted you inducted you into their the Sports Hall yeah. of Fame. So stand, con- yeah. so congratulations to that. Um, and stand and stand on this subject of, of Miami. So, you know, I'm here in Florida and, and I think, you know, everybody that, that's listening, uh, if you haven't heard of Miami Hurricanes, you've heard of <laughs> what people call the U. Um, Can I do that? Can I, am I allowed to do that, Tanner? Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, you think about some of the some of the greats that have played at uh, at the University of Miami. You think about Ray Lewis, uh, Reggie Wayne. You think about uh, yourself. You think about uh, Willis McGahee, uh, Frank Gore, Ed Reed, um, Mike, Ed Reed, Michael Irvin. Um, what is it about Miami football? Why, why is the football culture there so special? Number one, and obviously you kind of touched on it a little bit about you. You saw you, you some of these guys that went before you as mentors. You know, explain to us like who these guys in particular were that you looked up to. Uh, but first. Just explain to us a little bit for our audience that's listening. What makes the Miami football culture so so special? 
You know, and that, that's a great question, T.O., uh, when it comes down to because being a Florida guy, born and raised. I asked a lot. Him, I asked a lot. It's not to cut you off, but I asked a lot of great questions. <laughs> I know you would say so. I know you would say so yourself. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, being a guy that's born and raised there, I got a chance to watch a lot of greats, you know, from day one. Um, right. People always ask you, were you always a, just a Miami Hurricane fan? And I would say yes. But I also rooted for Florida Gators and the Seminoles. The oh, one God. thing I can say that stood out more about Miami is the brotherhood. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, I was a young pup going out there. We had track meets there in high school. We, and we would get a chance to sneak in the back and see the spring game going on. And you just saw so many of the guys that once played their back sitting right there mm. watching amongst that, that same field that I'm on, watching the other guys, you know, that's coming up after them. And so initially that was the first thing I noticed about the brotherhood. So not even knowing I was going to get a chance to play, you know, in my backyard to be home in Miami, I will, always thought that I would either go to Florida State or Florida because I mm. once, you know, I was I was a chief in high school, so I loved the child. That's what, that was our thing. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And then growing up, I just got crazy over watching Ike Hilliard and Jacquez Green and Riddell mm. Anthony. So I'm like, man, I want to do that. But, you know, things just didn't happen that way. And I landed, you know, right there in Miami. So when I got between those walls, man, you just initially, from day one, you can just see the guys that once was here, you know, the tradition just, it reeked through the walls. It reeked through the hallways. You couldn't miss seeing a, a poster of Ray Lewis or, a picture mm. of Michael Irvin, you know, and celebrating or Lamar Thomas wow. and all those guys. And then mm. you get ready mm -hmm. to start practicing. Those guys are out there. Those guys are mm -hmm. in your meeting room. Those guys are in your locker room. Those guys chilling on the couch with you. You know, one or two of those guys say, let's go have lunch. Mm -hmm. And so right then and there, that just showed you that, hey, this is what these guys are about. This is what this university is about. And in order for me to do good here, not worrying about where they at right now, I have mm -hmm. to take on what they left, you know what I mean? And at the time I got to Miami, our first year we was five and six. And our class had played the most freshmen ever in school history, it's 2001 class. We know we came in in 97. And it was already a record saying that the 2000 class where EJ and all those guys came in and then the 2001 class, that's the most freshmen ever had played at that university. So when you wow. think about that, you hear all these freshmen playing, you're saying, well, we on some down times. But we took that as, we're not on downtime. Right. right. Yep. You know, it's, it's going to be a new era here. And we all swear, we say, look, we're going to do X, Y, and Z so we can get to the level of those other guys. And until we do step one, then that's when we can move forward with the next step. And, you know, we all swore and say, hey, we're going to grow our hair. We're not going to mm -hmm. cut. Uh, here we going whatever wow. you got going on. We ain't going to nice. the bar. You gotta get a lineup. If you go to the bar, you get a lineup. So we all. I mean, if you watch that, <laughs> those pictures. I have pictures of it right now to this day. We say we wouldn't cut our hair until we won a bowl game. Mm. And you got to think they was like, by the time we got there in '97, they had they hadn't been to a bowl game I believe in four or five years. So wow, when we got to a bowl game in '98, everybody mm. was like, man, we made it. And then we won that bowl game and. We were so eager to cut our hair just to, you know, get that right, off of right. And we went right back at it and wanted to make yeah. sure that, say, now nah, we're not just satisfied there. Right. This class now wants to win a national championship. Mm -hmm. And so we took it to that deep. And I don't know if you guys remember the history of it, but the BCS Bowl, that whole yep. thing got us out of not playing for the national championship in 2000. 
We yep. were supposed to be the class that brought us back to prominence and have the first national championship or play for that title, which what right. they did was they allowed Florida State to play for the national championship. But they told us that we go and beat Florida in the Sugar Bowl, then we can be co-champs if Florida State won. So, but just knowing that we got ourselves out of that rut right. and 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 grinded all the way back to the top, you know, we proved to ourselves that we can be just like those other guys that we saw on the wall. Right. So to me, when I look back at it, you know, the, the Miami legacy is about those guys who basically has their history there. Those guys who won the championship, those guys that come back and tutor us and make sure that they're coaching us up. You know, uh, I share stories all the time about Michael Irvin. The first time we beat Florida State, you know, in my career was my senior year. And I remember the last drive leading to the game-winning touchdown. I catch the first ball, get the first down. Mike, Mike pulling me out. Right the there. Said, get a breathe. <laughs> And he he's eating more than my mind. Say, this is gonna separate the boys from men. Now mm. you're gonna get a break. Oh, wow. They ain't gonna mm. throw to you. They're gonna throw to Reggie. And then I'm uh-huh. gonna back out Come there. Back and to you. Play, they shoot <laughs> me again for another first wow. down. And the yeah, next time, right. Shockey's going to touchdown. I'm sitting here like, man, this man orchestrated our our last draft wow. to be Florida State. So wow. those guys meant a lot to what we did. And that's some of the things that we want to see now, you know, with the guys that they got there. I mean, everyone throwing shade on where we at right now. We understand it. It's it's just the, those times. Every it, to, right. to me, when it comes to college football, it's like a revolving door. Everybody's right, right. right. Kids, you know, you can't stay on top forever, for sure. We'll get our chance again, but I think one of the things that we got to try to do is show these guys more than, you know, tell them about what the real tradition is about yeah. down here and, and holding up that tradition yeah. means more than what they know of right now. You know, right now the social media world has got everybody – Buck wow, and these guys think just by being social media stars that they're stars. Nah, you gotta go uh, put the grind in and, and 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 make plays. So hopefully we can get back. But um I think that's what those guys showed us, and that's why we was able to be great collegiate players and pro players. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, so you guys, yeah, go ahead, yeah. T. Oh yeah. So speaking of again that culture that you just explained, and for me, what I gathered with you telling me that story, like it, it honestly gave me. It gave me goosebumps. It gave me chills because you guys, like you said, this was your backyard. Mm-hmm. You got to see guys that you watch play. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You were sneaking in and watching track meets and things mm-hmm. of that nature. It gave me goosebumps just to hear that now you're now in that position of where these guys were. You're trying to now kind of basically duplicate what they did. You know, what? how did you guys, how did that come about? Again, you having that, that leadership getting everybody to be on the same page. Like that's, that's a lot in itself to get everybody to, to buy in, not cut their hair. Obviously mm-hmm. that was a, you know, to get back to a bowl game. That's, that's a big goal. That's a big feat in itself. And yeah. for you guys to, you get everybody in and to, to buy into that. What, where, where did that come from? And then obviously speaking to Michael Irvin, I know you broke the, his record previously held by him mm-hmm. of what? 25,040. Uh, yeah. 2,546 yards. yards. Um, that's a big feat in itself. And like I said, to have, I mean, I'm, I'm picturing what you described, you know, you have me catching the first ball. He grabs me on the sideline, squirting water. Take a break, young fellow. Exactly. (laughs) And and as you said, he's orchestrating a drive. And like I said, he's, he's, he's an alumni, you know, they're just rooting you guys on. Um, so yeah, what, what, where did that come from? And, And are you doing some of those same things now with this current group of guys? Like I said, these last few years have been really rebuilding for for yeah. the Miami Hurricanes because I, I see, trust me, I see Uncle Luke, 
I see all these guys that are on on social media. They going back and forth with each other. Guys that are played at FSU, uh, Corey, uh, the the DB. I I see all of that. They going back and forth. John, what what? Explain that. And again, my thing is, are you guys doing the same thing to this culture of uh, this new generation of? of kids to get back, get the you back to what it once was. Yeah, I mean, like you said, man, you um, you did on, um, you keep bringing all these great questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, man, when it comes down to it, um, well, your, your first question was, how did we get everybody to get on board? Right. Oh, you got to want it. You know, we was really eager and hungry. We, you know, it was crazy because we had guys like Nate Webster that they don't give enough recognition to. Yeah. Nate Webster was a guy that him and Dan Morgan was our linebackers that basically ran that my whole career there. It was either Nate or Dan, Dan Morgan leading in, you know, in tackles. And Nate had got to the point to where if he'd have played his last year like he was supposed to, he had to leave early because of some things he did off the field. If he'd have got a chance to play with us as our senior year, there's no telling what he did numbers wise, you know what I mean? But it was guys like Nate. It was guys like Al Blade. So, you know, God bless the dead with Al. Yes. Al was a guy that he had been around because he and saw his brother Benny Blaze and Brian mm-hmm. Blaze. They had both played there, now pros. We watching those guys in our locker room on Sundays when we got to get ready to go to meetings. And he just, you know what I mean? He rooting his brothers on. But he'd been through those walls already watching his brothers. So it was guys like him that remembered guys that had been there that say, look, this is how we got to do it. And if you roll with those guys, you knew they was about the same thing you was about. Most of the guys that became pros, became stars there and became stars, you know, in their uh, their uh, post-career from college to be NFL pros, they was about the same thing that those guys was about. So we was, e- we was easily, you know, persuaded to b- buy into it because that's how we roll. You know how it is when you get a group of guys, mm-hmm. you get a pack of guys yeah. and say, look, this is what we're going to do. Everybody else is going to buy in. So it was easy yep. for the guys who looked up to us. But I was just like everybody else because it was some of the things that I had went through in high school already. You know, I saw my high school go through the same thing. We mm. wasn't nothing. And we made ourselves all the way to the state championship my senior year. And the mm-hmm. coach said, you know what? They thought we were going to run this ball. We're going to start in and out now. We got guys on the outside that can do it. Mm. And I was one of those guys. So I was already, you know, you know, about that type of stuff because I've been there before I've done it. So to see it come back. You know, now I'm in college and we finna do the same thing that we did in high school. I was easy to buy into it because I knew it could be done. Mm-hmm. But the other question is just by some of the things that those guys did for us, the Michael Irvins, the Lamar Thomas. You know, Lamar Thomas speech to us, I remember um we was playing, we, we was going to Dope Campbell, and um it was my junior year. And Curtis Johnson, Coach CJ, he's the New Orleans Saints wide receiver coach now. He told me and Reggie, he said, just letting you guys know, uh, this is going to be my last time coaching you guys, you know, um, after this Florida State game. One of you guys is going to get off. And when you get off against Florida State, you know, you got your ticket to the pros. Mm. And he was just talking in general to the to me and Reggie, knowing we was juniors and we had been getting off since freshman. He's like, yeah. hey. And Lamar Thomas got up and said, look here, man, when y'all hear that chant, Mm. I want to see y'all dancing on the field. I want to see them them heads bobbing because yeah. they don't realize that's y'all song too. And he didn't know. Little did he knew that's my mm. uh, that was my chant. And I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Chopping. They were chopping. If you look at my record against Florida State, I got off every year against them. They, they know I was a chief. They were firing you up. Exactly. So I was ready for that. But it was crazy, man, to go out there. And we went out there and lost in Dope Campbell. But I got off. I had like 180 and two touchdowns. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember CJ shaking my hand, saying, man, it was great coaching you, man. Let's finish this season strong, but you gone. But I said, then I'm like, I didn't say nothing at the time because oh. I know I had other plans, you know, but stuff like that motivated guys like us, mm-hmm. man. And we just understood a little more how rich this tradition was here mm-hmm. at the University of Miami. And we like, man, we a part of something great. Yeah. And even though we didn't beat Florida State that year, we whooped so many other teams behind. It didn't we matter. were building something. We knew that we had a chance if we come back next year, we can honestly go out mm-hmm. there and beat everybody and win a national championship. And we did that. We fell short of one team. Yeah. Washington Huskies beat us. And it was a game that crazy and people don't talk about it. But I actually was a part of the game when the touchdown on that game. And they called an incomplete That's pass. An incomplete pass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you need wow. <laughs> and it's crazy, yeah. man. So just to see some of the things that we went through and how we became dominant again. And then, you know, to see what those guys are going through now, you know, it, it, it's up to us to go out there and give that same love. And we yep. do it. We do yeah. it. But I think it's a different time right now. I mean, you look at the coaches that's there. I mean, they call us. They text us. They let us know. Look, anytime you in town, come, come out. Through. Come, come through. through yeah. Please give these right, guys yeah. something. And I've been out there and I've seen it. And all you can do is hope these guys just – you know, have it in their heart to say they want to change. Yeah. It's I think personally, I haven't seen a guy that just say, we have to get a group of guys that say, this is what we're about, you know? And maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not, I'm not in between those walls every day, but you can see that with us instantly, you know, from mm-hmm. when we came in as freshmen, we just mm-hmm. kind of clicked together. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet with those guys. I haven't seen a click of guys that say, look here, man, I understand what we've been putting on, putting on tape is crap. Because that's what we always say, the eye in the sky don't lie. So Already, yeah. what you are yeah. is what you show you are. And every time we cut that film on, you're getting your butt whooped, that's what you are. Yeah. And honestly, those guys haven't put nothing together as a group and say, look here, we can't allow this to happen every day. That's what we did. Yep. We got tired of seeing our behind getting whooped that first year. We was five and six. Mm-hmm. We got into it and say, look here, this is what we're going to do this summer and all mm-hmm. season. Every Saturday, we're going to be out here together when the coaches are home. And then come weekdays, if you miss your run, if you miss your test, you're going to get whooped. Mm-hmm. That's what guys did. They start putting on things. Look, i seen guys that had roommates that won't even let their roommates sleep if he misses one ten test. There it is. Sleep, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. older guys calling me, Tanner, hey, man, I got a bed over here. You know, if you want to come over here and chill in our apartment, you know, our roommate, <laughs> he, he, can't, he can't do it. So it was stuff wow. like that. Man, that, awesome. that we did amongst each other to, to motivate yeah, and build build mm-hmm. our, our our circle that and bond. build the yeah. core, yeah. core of our guys to make sure that we can go out there and play on the same level. Because once we step between the white lines, you had to have that one heartbeat. And if you didn't mm-hmm. have that one heartbeat, we was going to weed you out. Yep. And speaking of bonding culture, like I said, uh, one of your good friends, the late, of course, Sean Taylor, uh, let's say you've been publicly instrumental in trying to get his jersey retired. Like, is that something that's going to happen? How, you know, what's that process like so far? You know, it's, it's um, beyond me to even know what they would do because mm-hmm. I don't think the Washington Redskins have such great tradition when it comes to stars, you know, mm-hmm. those heydays, they, their heydays is like, whew, you, you watch the Super Bowls. They you all, watch, you know, mm-hmm. I was a guy that came in. I was a, I, I never really got into what, what, Many of these teams did throughout my career, you know, you know, watching football because I was a Miami guy. So I saw the Dolphins and I saw Jacksonville when they became Jacksonville. But I didn't pay attention to no one other than Sam Fran because I was a 49er fan. So I saw T.O. in his young days 
a lot because I was rooting for them. But um, when it came to the Redskins, I didn't know how rich this tradition was until I realized all the Super Bowls and all the different quarterbacks that won Super Bowls and then the receivers from Gary Clocks to the Art Monks. Yeah. And I diving into that, you know, their the history. fun bunch. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm not diving into it. I realized, I'm like, man, these people was a force to be reckoned with, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you think back, a lot of those guys deserve their their jerseys retired and they haven't had it. And I think we just got the first one or the second one, Bobby Mitchell. He was a guy yeah. who record I broke here too, my first year here. I broke his single season uh, receiving yardage record. And just to think, he's just getting his jersey retired. What mm -hmm. 2020? Yeah. Uh, Sean, to me, was before his time. You know, mm -hmm. when you really look at this big picture of things, and I'm glad I'm on here with you because I wanted to ask players who played against him what they thought of him. I'm a guy in practice with this guy, watching where he's at on the field, just to make sure when I come across that middle, I can mm -hmm. find a way to know where he at. <laughs> if I got to go 15 yards and he had 16, I'm going to go 14 and a half. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sure at worst, I can get the ball out the air if he throws <laughs> over my head because I knew he was that type of player. But just to see the guy so young, four years, mm. like he had the time, 12 INTs. The year he was having his best year, the year he passed, yeah. me and him both was injured at the same time. I remember the conversations we had on the train. You know, we, we ended up getting treatment together. And I'm like, man, you got five picks, and we at week yeah. five, probably. Right, right, you know right. I mean, you don't miss two weeks. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, bro, you are balling. So to yeah. see where he could have been and mm. to think now that he, he he left us prematurely and just to think that, man, he had already had two Pro Bowls, all, all, all pro. All pro, yep. um, Phenomenal safety. I mean, I talked so much about Ed Reed. You know, being a being a me and him was sweet mates in college. Played, came in together. Uh, he redshirted his first year, so he he actually left. He actually won a championship and didn't come out with me and Reggie. But me, him, and Reggie both came in together, in together, in together, and together. And I'm like, man, look, that was my sweet mate. That's my dude. Mm -hmm. if we if we get caught slip, trouble, he know all this that's going on. So we got to play mind games with him. So to actually have a chance to play against Reed. I always wonder what guys thought about Sean, man, because I saw it in practice and I saw it on game day watching him. Um, I just I believe that we should honor him in that way, in that manner, and just retire because you know we already not letting no one wear the jersey, you know. So right. you might as well retire, might as well retire. And retire. because he meant the world to this to this fan base. And trust me, with the those short four years, man, it's no telling what he could have done if he could have had a whole career of 10, ten plus years after that. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of the Washington Redskins, y'all big in the news right now for the for the name Redskins, right? I mean, yeah. racial slur, you know, everything with the movement, all these things going on. Uh, again, the, the owner, Daniel Snyder, again, he seems like, a, you know, an honest guy and he's getting a lot of yeah. backlash. He didn't he didn't take the name Redskins, you know, yeah. but a lot of people putting it on his shoulders right now. How do you think this is going to end up like are they going to change the name? What would the name that you would like to see it be changed to? Any thoughts on that as well? I just understand the times that we're under right now. You know, um, so many uh, social justice issues that's out there. You know, think about our people. You know, we 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 all are African Americans on here, and, and we understand what it is to be called a racial slur. You know, and we understand mm -hmm. that we live practically all our lives hearing that. You know, and and we understand what it's like. So 
when I dove a little deep into it, because I never knew. Like my first right. year understanding that Redskins kind of was something that was offensive to the Native Americans was in 05. You know, my first year here, we go to play Seattle and I come out, you know, like a regular game day, but it's a playoff. You know, it's a playoff game and I'm walking to the bus. I'm ready. I'm, I'm in my zone. And before I get out the um, hotel, I see guys with sticks and picketing. They protesting in front of the bus. So I'm like, Wow. Maybe they just talking crap to us, trying to scare us. But when I really sat on the bus and, and listened, it was like a bunch of Native Americans talking about the Redskins name. So wow. I was wow. lost. I was sitting there asking questions like, man, what's going on? And that's when I, you know, kind of dove a little deeper and, and, and heard some of the mixed views about the name. And I'm like, wow, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. And so you think about it. I, I just told you I learned, you know, or I started paying attention to it in 05. We in 2020. And so you could just tell, like, every year it, it, it got worse and worse and more people wanted to see us, more people petitioned for this name to be changed. So uh, I, I, I just feel like, yes, it's a lot of history that's going to be left behind, but it's not really, if you think about it. What's done is done. Right. But if you feel like I feel when it comes to just having equality and people being treated the way they're supposed to be treated, then do, do what's right. Do what's right, right for the indigenous people. If that's, you know, what they desire, I feel like we should do that. Um, just to give you a little background on me, my grandmother, she's a Native American. You know, my mm. her, she's she's a, a Cherokee Indian and white. I, I grew up all my life not knowing my grandmother wasn't even black. Didn't even know. You know what I mean? Wow. She's real light-skinned. She's real pale. Wow. So I always thought she was a, a light-skinned and black woman, but she was. She's a Native American and white. Her father is white. You know, wow. so it's just crazy to know my history and my aunts. They talk so much about it and tell me you know, you know, our background, but just to know, I don't know a lot of it, so I don't dive into it that much and and speak on it, but I just feel like, you know, right is right. And so if that's the thing that we should do or or the organization should do, I think it's best to do it now, just knowing the times that we under and the times Mm -hmm. that we in, I feel like, you know, we all want to play on equal grounds and I think that they deserve that. You got, you got any ideas for names? I mean, over the year, have you thought of anything that might might be? Because that's a tough one, right? Because it's got to be cool, got to be sexy. Man. I mean, you know, it's very tough. Because you know, I look at different leagues and I see the names. It has to, it has to mesh. You know, yeah, it has to mesh with what's going on in our league. But one of the things that I kind of heard, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is just a rumor or if it's just someone saying that they feel he should do this, but I heard from reading that uh, Dan Snyder wants to pay homage to the Native Americans and find a name that mm. can, you know, salute them in a sense. You know what I mean? He want to keep the same color scheme and find mm. something that would, would tribute to the Native American, um, you know. So to me, I think if he can do that, if we can do that, that would be great. Because be great, I yeah. always thought the red skin name was doing that. I never knew it was a racial slur. Behind I never it. knew it was something right. that was offensive to them. So if we can find a name that still, you know, that can pay homage to them, because I know he does a lot for the Native Americans. I've always seen Dan Snyder go in his pocket and do tons for people, man. And, and that's why I say sometimes I get I get pissed because, you know, us as players, we get a chance to be inside and sit closer to these owners and these organizations, these people who run the organization, then some of the people on the outside. And you hear so much about different owners and Dan gets a bad rap, man. And, and I hate it because, you know, he's just a businessman. You know, he's mm-hmm. a, he's a businessman that his franchise, his football team hasn't done as well as some of these other guys. And mm-hmm. so he gets a bad rap for it. Well, you haven't won much, but you're known for having X, Y, and Z. 
I mean, hey, when, when, when you in his seat, you have to do what he does also to yeah. in order for you to be successful. So, yes, I understand that we haven't won a Super Bowl. We haven't been consistent with playoffs, but that shouldn't give him what they give him so much of. So uh, I, I do believe that they give him so much flack for, you know, not changing. But that was something that he inherited. That was something that when he bought the team, it was already named the Redskins with so much tradition, so much history. Yep. Why not feel as stern as he was when it when it came to changing it? He just right. felt like, hey, you know, he reached out so many times, and I, just as much as I reached out, I'm pretty sure probably he had more than me. And to me, it was always level. You had this many people saying that it was offensive, and this many Native Americans saying that, hey, they didn't find it offensive. So right. uh, I just hope we do what's best. And when we do that, I hope it, it's something in that that category, somewhere in that 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 area where we can still keep on that tradition and pay homage to these people that I believe deserve so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think when you think about, you know, I, I'm just like you. I had no idea. Even the years that I played in the National Football League, I played for 15 years and now Hatch played what eight years. Mm -hmm. I had I had no idea that. Redskins was a derogatory name right. and just you kind of yeah just you now you know kind of shedding light on you know Dan Snyder buying the team and obviously he's adopting he's inheriting the team name I think this is probably one of those things I'm sure it wasn't until people came out and start voicing their opinions and their displeasure in the name uh, I think it's just like what we're going through today about racism police brutality social injustice there is always going to be something, one incident or, or a group of people to bring things and shed shed light on what's wrong yeah. as they are like with this, this whole uh, social George Floyd and all these people, unarmed black men and women getting killed. It's just like now we're bringing attention to matters that at hand. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. he's bringing awareness to what's been plaguing us as, as, as a black black race. And I think now back to Dan Snyder, now you have Native, Native Americans. Now they're shedding light on what's derogatory, what's not right with the name. Um, there are some other, uh, I guess, I guess non-derogatory kind of like uh, tribal or, or, or Indian names. Like the yeah, Cleveland Indians of, will be yeah, changed. You think of the Atlanta Braves, you think of yeah. the, the Cleveland Indians, and you think of uh, the Florida State Seminoles. Seminoles, and Seminoles the, yeah. yeah. These are not derogatory because I think these are, like, uh, I guess, symbols of tribes or what have you. So it's not as offensive or not offensive. Um, but again, like I said, I don't know what the name would be. Um, that's going to be very, very, I guess, key in going forward. And is that going to be, is the name going to be, I guess, uh, they, are they going to kind of implement a new name sometime soon? Is it going to be before the season? That's what everyone's pushing for right now. Um, Y'all guess as good as mine when it comes to that because you know, like I said, I just got back in the area today because I said, man, I got to get back up here and check on things. Uh, but and I know around this time is when we start working and stuff when it comes to, you know, what I do anyway. But um, I'm just hoping whatever happens, man, it, it's just, you know, it, it's it's um, it's done and we can put it behind us because you don't want to see this go on any longer. Because like I said before, uh, as a player, I remember hearing these cries before mm. and now. You no, know, we're in 2020. It's the people ain't, ain't ain't crying no more. They going out there. They want action. So mm -hmm. um, I just hope whatever it is, man, we do what's right because I do I do believe that they deserve. It. Well, three of the minority owners uh, for the Washington Redskins, which uh, takes up about 40 percent of the Washington Redskins, uh, have put their portion up for sale. 
So now there's going to be between $1.2, $1.4 billion for the Washington Redskins. So is that, is that your next move, Tana? What's, what you go? <laughs> hey, is that, you don't, you don't, you, you try to be partial owner of the Washington Redskins, baby? Huh? Man, somewhere down the line. Look here, I'm, I'm committed, man. I'm, you know, once I became a skin, I haven't left this place. I never knew in 05 that I would come here and I would love this place like I do. So, awesome. uh, but I'm, I'm hoping whatever, you know, happens, I think it's going to, you know, I, I look at that stuff. Yes, it's bulletin boards material and it's news, but we know stuff goes on like this every day, you know, and, and, you know, it just opened doors for someone else, you know, and there's plenty of guys out there with those big deep pockets that say, Hey, they want yeah. in on a franchise. And so why not us? And I think what we have here now with the new coaching staff, man, honestly, like, you know how, when you can just feel something's going to be different. That's what I felt. That's what I was hoping to feel when I was a player here. You know, it was, Folks ask me all the time, bro, why you never left when you had the chance? And I'm like, man, because I didn't want to leave. And then they became the team that I knew they could become. You know, so with Ron Rivera and these guys here, it's only right. He's only right. These steps that's going on right now, you know, it, things happen for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. and that's the first thing I thought of when I heard this, you know, this come out. I say, you know, man, we got Ron Rivera in here. You know how much he means to this league and, and, and who he is for his culture. And just to see changes from the start happening with that part of the, you know, the organization or the business, just imagine when all that's done, then now the change happens on the field. Cause I, I do believe that's going to come too. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to be around for it, man. Cause um, I do believe that these guys can really compete one day again for that, uh, for that, for that Super Bowl that everybody wants to get to. Hey, I, I know you had a question for me. I, we, uh, not to switch gears backwards, but uh, you asked me about Sean Taylor. Yeah, uh, and you wanted to know kind of like what we thought of him, you know, obviously being offensive players and, you know, obviously me, you know, kind of emerging uh, as a receiver that I, I, I became. Um, again, when, we, when you talk about scouting reports, and I'm sure, you know, all of us on the on the screen uh, and for the people that's listening, we all have scouting reports. We know uh, we, we game plan for certain certain individuals. And Sean Taylor was one of those guys. Um, you had to know what number 21 was. Uh, this guy was built like Ray Lewis, <laughs> a bigger version, of, a six-foot version of, 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 of Ray Lewis. And uh, he's roaming back there in the secondary. When you think about hard hitters, headhunters, um, before, uh, you know, the, the league got really soft, I, I, I kind of he, – he, he reminds me of, of guys like Steve Atwater, these, yeah. these headhunters, these type yeah. of guys that were – you know, they're not known for intercepting the, 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 the pass, although they, they could, but they try to they try to instill fear in oh, any yeah. receiver, uh, <laughs> anybody coming, coming across. across that middle. Yeah. And even running backs coming downhill. They wanted to they bro, they wanted to unleash everything that they had in their body and, and inflict pain upon you. So when you think about especially a guy like Sean Taylor, uh, obviously his, his his athletic ability. I mean, it speaks for itself. You said it yourself. This guy, week five, maybe missed a couple of weeks. He has five interceptions. He's just not a. He's just not a, a headhunter. Is what the Miami Hurricanes they they embody. You guys find. Yeah, I think we lost. I think we lost you there, T. One of the guys you have mm. to account for because again, okay. even when you catch the ball, you're not safe. Because this guy will, <laughs> he will, uh, hey, he will jar that ball loose if he gets that hat on. So again, there were times, like I said, when I went across the middle or whatever the case may be. Trust me, 
I, I'm not scared to tell you. Sometimes you 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 hear those footsteps. You know this guy is 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 roaming back there. He's somewhere looming, and he's looking for an opportunity uh, to 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 inflict pain upon you. So definitely, when you think about Sean Taylor, definitely as you said, career ended way too soon, way too soon. I remember, you know, when, when his death happened, man, I was like, man, this is crazy. You know, it's yeah. just like another really? another black man lost. You know what I mean? For nothing. Not just, you know, exactly. And, and, and I remember because I was living in I was living in Florida at the time. And man, just to just to hear this guy, such a young talent that had a promising future. Uh, and it's so unfortunate. I know we talked about and touched on touched on it earlier that the Washington Redskins hasn't recognized this guy. Um, and like I said, I don't know what their reasons are. I know you guys feel that, you know, he should be recognized uh, for his accomplishments, what he did for uh, the Washington Redskins. And from what I've understood, just listening to you, him being uh, a Miami Hurricane, you guys, whatever guy, whatever team you guys play for, that's, you guys go in it with heart and soul. And that's what I saw from Sean. His life fell short of what he wanted to accomplish. But, yeah, just to answer your question, bro, like, yeah, he didn't go unnoticed back there in that secondary. He was one of those guys you have to account uh, for. Big fella. Sean Taylor was 6'3", 220, boy, coming downhill. You know, it's especially like – But before those, like I said, before 2005 hit, you know, safeties were still allowed to take your head off. You know what I'm saying? So what? it wasn't like, like I think what 2015 ish. I think the rules started to change and all that. But before that, yeah, it was, he was a problem back there. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Man. I mean, yeah, it's funny though because I, you know, you watch the game from the sideline, and I trust me, man. When To was a cowboy, it was like, like you say, you get your popcorn. I remember my my favorite moment with To watching him play is um, he might not even know. I'm everybody noticed because this was like <laughs> something that was was talked about a lot. Um, you played Sean Springs one night. I think Sean was in Seattle at the time still. I'm not sure. And you pulled out that Sharpie on him. And that was <laughs> on a, Monday night? It was a Monday <laughs> night game. And it's crazy because um, years later, you know, I became, you know, good friends with Mel. Mel was a guy that, you know, treated a lot of us. And he shared the story about him working on you at night and Sean Springs running across the field and, that's how Sean and Mel hit off, and they understood. They 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 met each other, but that was the night you pull out the sharpie. But you know, just thinking about those moments that we've had in our career, because you, you had a, a great career. It's it's crazy to even be on here with you now, just knowing what you went through to really finally get that gold jacket. I was sitting here like many people, ludicrous, because if it wasn't right. Jerry, it was, yeah. you know, three two names that you could put behind Jerry to me, just mm-hmm. from from my years of watching was. T.O. and Randy, you know, when it came right. to just yep. on that level, even, you know, you know, I understand a lot of other great wide receivers that play this position right. that don't get a lot of recognition, tons of them, trust me, tons of them. But right. when it comes to outperforming what they probably, uh, probably what you say, super uh, exceeding what they potentially should have done, you know, mm-hmm. y'all did, y'all did more than what probably most of us could even go out there and do with the yeah. time that y'all, y'all played this game. So, yeah, man, I appreciate I'm happy to see you get that, you know, get that jacket. And man, I appreciate it. Beyond the stuff that you did off the field, so what? That's off the field, man. On the field, you was a right. baller. So yeah. that's all we cared about. But um, nah, so now we we it. we've been we've been pretty consistent. Again, ask, asking other guests as well, right? Jerry Moss, To, that's you know, top three. Spin them however you want to spin them. 
But give us your four or five then. Four and five, actually. If you got to go top five all the way through the whole NFL, including dudes now, who because the, the catch is who's four and five. I think one one through three is pretty consistent amongst, you know, people who know what they're talking about anyway. Who is, who is, who is, who is the top three you got? Uh, Moss. Yeah, Moss. Jerry T.O. Like that's three, and people can spin it. It's you know one A. Yeah, you can rank. Yeah, you can rank C, those three however you want. You know what I'm saying? But then after that, it's always between like the Calvin Johnsons, Larry Fitzgeralds. The, you know, some people say Julio's in that category. Some people say Michael Irvin, Steve Smith. I mean, it's four and five is is really up for the you know up for the yeah. Grand. He always he always gonna be biased because he played for the Minnesota Vikings. No, you know, I'm not. We, I'm not we, biased. We, we, we've already we we already <laughs> had some discussions about who the who the first big three was. It was me. We were the JJ. first big three. No, you guys were not. It was me, Jerry, and Jade. It was a big three. That was the first big three. But again, he wanted to include himself on some other shows that he was. We was big four. We was big four. Actually, yeah, he wanted to include it (laughs) with him. It was him, Chris Carter, uh, Jake Reed, and Randy Moss. Hey, I'll put it. Hey, T, I'll put it to you like this: If the word Moss never came into my life, I'd be in the Hall of Fame. Because in in ninety-eight, right as my career is ascending, Randy comes to Minnesota. Okay, cool. I go to New York. I'm supposed to be the guy. We oh draft another guy named Moss, and there Moss get all. He got all my. Oh stats. my god! Man, a man got all my hey, stats. That's the point, dude. He got a. Hey, you got a point right, because right. I do remember you balling, man. When Moss was getting it, you oh, was doing your thing, man. So Tanner, you fell right. No, don't give me right. Hey, hey, I can't. You fell right in the tail. Don't be a hater all your life. Don't be a hater all your life right now. You can't be a hater all your life, dog. Santana, come on, let's keep it real. Don't, don't, don't do that, dog. No, no, listen to me. Listen to my argument. Listen to me. Listen to me. Okay, I'm understand what he told you. I don't know what it is. So I understand what he might have said by himself. You know how we get when we talk about ourselves. So I understand that. Right. But okay. I would say I acknowledged him when I first walked between those doors in New York. You know, I knew Wayne Cabet. I knew all the guys. I knew Lavernius. But I, but I told him I just watched him the years prior to that over there in Minnesota because, honestly, when Randy Moss got to Minnesota, that was my first ever NFL jersey ever. Like, I got a <laughs> – someone gave me that jersey. They yeah. bought it for me as a gift. Uh, uh, I forgot what fan it was. Uh, authentic Randy Moss jersey. Mm, and wow. I cherished that thing because I never had an NFL jersey. And I always wanted one for years. And I was in college and having a, the time of my life in college. But you was a guy that was doing your thing, man. So I noticed him and I watched him a lot because I knew, like, okay, I just saw this guy get off with Randy. You know, those guys had a little yeah. thing going on. Randy was that dude. Chris yeah. Carr was doing his thing, but he would get in the game, and he was he was cause some havoc too. So yeah. I had to well, give his man, some, you know, I, I appreciate I appreciate that because I mean people really don't understand, especially like late nineties, two thousands. Like if you was that third receiver, you couldn't get a lot of balls. You know what I'm saying? And it's like if you take the 49ers, right? JJ Stokes was the number one pick. He was mm-hmm. supposed to be the one trending to be a Hall of Famer. It didn't end yeah. up that way. It was T.O. and Jerry. JJ didn't get a lot of balls. Even he was a number one pick, but he, there was just not enough passes back in the day. Now you yeah, see three receivers on every single play. So yeah, the third receiver uh, was Calvin Ridley had what eleven touchdowns or something as a number three. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that would never right. happen in the early 2000s. But you know, at there's enough. There's enough. You know, room for everybody at the top, baby. It just can't be I, you. I, I, you let me know you already up there, man. Get somebody in the Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying. I'm gonna. I, 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 I'm the glue, man. I love it. He gave his explanation. I, I gave him the floor. I heard him out. I mean, one out of what, 25, 26 episodes and somebody really vouching for you, I guess that's wow. not bad. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you ride. Hey, man, you see what I gotta deal with. Hey, I'm gonna you let see you this guy. Hey, hey, then you gotta thank Santana Moss. Hey, Christmas time you, come around, dog. That's, about that's my months, guy. That's my hey, man. Hey, look for something in the Give mail, Santana. Hey, cause dog, you really, hey, you really, hey, you laid it on real thick, right? Oh, no, don't be a hater, <laughs> T. Yeah, don't be a hater, my guy. <laughs> hey, tell me, you you still doing your podcast up in Washington too? I not, you know, I took a break, man. Honestly, okay. you know, we um we was going to start back up this football season. We took a break because we did it. We tried to uh, experience the whole during the season, off the season, and it was mm-hmm. a different, you know, audience. So we said, hey, you know what? What we'll do is um pick it back up. Uh, during the season, but I actually jumped into something right before we had to start quarantining. So uh, I'm gonna wait to that to that push, and then I I yell at you about you know we can talk okay. about that. But y'all asked me about my receivers, and I ain't gonna forget that. So I'm gonna give y'all yeah. the two that probably will fall in place. That it's probably gonna be off the wall from anybody else and what they thinking. I'm not even gonna include the guys that I play with that I'm seeing now. I'm gonna talk mm-hmm. about the old guys, guys that I grew okay. up watching. Right. This is yeah. This is your. This, hey, this is your. your top it's your five. top hey. five. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Everybody's entitled okay. to his opinion, just like he's got. He Hatch is entitled to his opinion. He thinks he's one of the top fifty. <laughs> he ain't even in the top fifty. <laughs> I'm, hey, so, I'm so definitely in the top. We, 50. we already know we gonna we we got To we got Jerry we got Randy up there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you a guy who I would fit in there. I was just talking to you know a friend of mine two days ago about this guy, Sterling Sharp. That's Ooh, that's yeah. a guy. Yeah. That's a guy who I do believe he deserve a nod too for Yellow Jacket. I mean, if you if you giving and it's no it's nothing against none of these guys who who got that jacket because I understand what it, what you have to do to, to to be a Hall of Famer. Honest, everybody wish they can be one. Everybody don't get the chance to. Mm-hmm. So when you do be honored in that that way then you deserved it. If I look back at running backs that have gotten a yellow jacket that haven't got that mm-hmm. 10,000 yards, and you look at Sterling Sharp, that easily he would have got 10,000 yards. He played one easily. more, played three more games probably. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Who knows? But <laughs> yeah. he's a guy, and I've heard, you know, I, I've heard Shannon talk that he, he deserved it. So Sterling wouldn't be number four for me just because I grew up watching Sterling, and I think okay. he was that okay. guy next to he was next to Jerry back then in those days. Like if it wasn't Absolutely. Jerry, here in Sterling Shop. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another guy. It, it, this don't even have to be that he's better than everybody else, right. or better right. than the next guy. Somebody might give for a fifth slot. This is just my guy because I grew up in Florida, and I thought the world of this guy, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. I was go. I be okay. telling Jack people Moore. about Jimmy Jack Smith. Boy. Man, look, yeah, they don't Moore. be. They don't man, be look. understanding about look, Jimmy Smith. Keenan McCardell. I played with Keenan McCardell oh, yeah. for a year okay. or two, and then he ended up coaching me a year or two. And yep. I used to tell him, man, look, I watch you and Jimmy Smith put in some work, man. And yep. y'all yeah. guys don't get enough credit. And that's a, that's another another topic for another show we can talk about right. all these Under, receivers underrated. that, that <clears throat> right. hasn't gotten their jacket. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, I understand right. times are different, but we can't forget about these guys. They got 12,000. Right. Some of these guys, yeah. 11,000 right, yards. Right. You just going to leave these guys hanging? You know what I mean? Right, so right. 
Memphis is a guy, I understand what he went through off the field. Like I said before, you had to separate what they did, what, what these guys do personally and award them and acknowledge them for what they did as professional pro football players. And I think he was a guy that went out there, man, he touched that ball. To be as big as he was, he, he reminded yeah. me of T.O. when it comes to just how fast and how strong and how powerful they were. Jimmy mm -hmm. Smith couldn't do no wrong in Jacksonville, man. And he was a big reason why that franchise took off him and, you know, you, you add a Fred Taylor in there. Freddie T. Fred, Fred, right. And Freddie T is probably <laughs> the number one most underrated running back of running all time. Back, no doubt. See, you know? Yeah, yeah so they had... Uh, me and my friends had, talk all the time about guys like that, you know? All the time. Yeah, they had uh, Mark Brunel as a quarterback, right? Am I right? Mark, yeah, Mark Brunel. Yeah, yeah, you know what he yeah. did for me my first year here. So, yeah, man. Honestly, yeah, those man, two guys, I feel like they need their flowers. You know, I yeah, think that's, that's, you don't hear nothing about Sterling and Sterling meant so much to this game, man. And yeah, I think they need to get them back into that, to that, to that, to talking about him. Hopefully soon getting that. He got to, he got to get that jacket. He got to get I, that jacket. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me, let me share a story with you, man. That's so crazy that you brought up Sterling Sharp. A lot, I haven't even said this a whole lot. I haven't mentioned it a whole lot, but in Chattanooga, that's why I went to school. So Reggie White, Lived in mm -hmm. he's from Chattanooga, so they uh my sophomore I think it was like going into my junior year or my senior year of the summer Reggie White had a football camp and he had it there at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, so you know how like guys have camps now like I said I was oblivious I was you know didn't know anything about guys holding football camps and stuff growing up because I never went to one so they had one of those camps at our school. And one of the guests, well, obviously one of his teammates was Sterling Sharp. Bro, I saw this dude in between like the camps or whatever. Sterling was going to our weight room, going into our, our weight room, lifting weights, bro. He yeah. had the, you, mm -hmm. you know, I'm finna show you old school. He had mm -hmm. the, the brown, thick back, back belt. Back <laughs> the weight belt, belt, the big weight belt with right, the big buckle. Right, <laughs> right. He had that around his, around his waist, bro. You know, he had that, that ice cream ice cream cone, but physique or what have you, bro. He in the <laughs> weight room, bro. He up in there just repping like 315, like it was 225, bro. He was yeah. just like, ah, ah, bro. That's what made me want to get into the weight room. I, again, I had no idea. I didn't really know who Jerry Rice was until like my junior, around my junior year in college because I didn't really follow football. And obviously I'm sure this is probably news to Santana Moss uh, right here, I guess, on the show. I never even thought I was going to play beyond the collegiate level, Santana. I just came – I went to Chattanooga on the heels of another receiver coming out of high school. I was kind of just, you know, given a scholarship as a package deal. So I just kind of just progressively got better after my freshman year, sophomore, junior year. You know, those were like my, you know, like my coming out years, and I got better. And then, like I said, back to my story of Shannon Sharp – I mean, Sterling Sharp in the weight room, bro, that's what made me want to get big <laughs> – fast and strong in the weight because I saw him because I, I, I didn't know much about him. And once I started, you know, kind of doing some research on him and then I'm watching him play, I'm like, man, this dude here is the truth. Yeah, he was an animal. Sterling was yeah. an animal, boy. Like, he made it look easy. Right, in that <laughs> weight room, like I said, that's what made me want to get into the weight room too because, like I said, when I came out of high school, I was only probably like 6'1", maybe 180, 80 pounds, 85 at, at most soaking wet. So when I saw Sterling in his weight room, and I'm like, man, this dude is a re receiver? Bro, he looked like a tight – for me, at that side, he looked like a tight, a tight end to end, me. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, this dude is a receiver. Yeah. Bro, and I saw how he used to get down. I was like, oh, hey. my God. 
I kind of want to be like him. I wanted to put all that together. And so, again, that's kind of like one of the things that kind of motivated me early on in my career, even before I even really knew who Jerry Rice was. That's like Tupac said, get your weight up, pay him back when you're bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Santana Moss here on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. We appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you, know, like I said, coming on, sharing some time, letting us know about the you, letting us throw it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, let me see T.O. Go ahead, throw it. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I can't. That's all. That's, that's the only time I get to throw that thing up. Yeah, that's the only time. Yeah, man, we, we appreciate Y'all you so much. Y'all boys need to come out there and check a game out of something. Because I mean, you say T.O., you in Florida. He down right. there. They'll welcome, you, they'll welcome you with open arms to come out there and chat with those guys, man. So let me know if you want to. You know, share some um, your experiences with those guys. I got I got some numbers, man. I can I can make a call for you, but we will love hey, that. Hey, bro, absolutely. Once we get off here, bro. Obviously, I think Hatch got my number. You can shoot it yeah, to I, you or I, whatever. I connect this on. Yeah, man. Just let me know, man. I'm always about you know because yeah, I never had that easy path. I never got to play at a major school, major college like the University of uh, of Miami Hurricanes. Like I said, I grew up in the backyard, just like you grew up in the backyard of Miami. I grew up in the backyard of the Alabama Crimson Tide, Auburn University Tigers, and I never got a I never got a chance. They never even sniffed me, um, so I, I I can only imagine. But you know, everybody's path is not gonna go through a Division One school, and so again, I can you don't have to exactly right. Yeah, especially this day and age, obviously with recruiting and how guys are being sought after. Um, yeah, I can definitely offer some of that. Uh, some of my experience to a lot of those kids, because again, there's going to be a lot of kids that doubt themselves because and they're going to mm-hmm. compare themselves to your, mm-hmm. your, your four and five star athletes that come into, come into college. Obviously if you're at one of those division one schools, you're kind of highly touted. You looked at, uh, you looked at to come in and make a, a contribution right away, but there's those guys that are on the bubble. You know what I mean? That are yeah. going to have that, that doubt that creeps in every now and then. And obviously I think that's where I feel like I can obviously be of some service and offer, you know, some advice, but yeah, man, I'll, I'll be, I would love to, you know, come out and just, uh, yeah, share my experience and now being a hall of famer and let everybody know, like I said, you know, especially if you're at Miami, you definitely have an opportunity to play at that next level. Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. It's just not attending uh, the university yeah. of Miami. You just put that decap on your helmet and say you're a baller. You got to no go out there really Right, right. You got to earn yeah. it, I'm sure. No doubt. So, man, we appreciate right. you, man. We appreciate you so Thank much, you, man. man. Show, show, uh, sharing your knowledge and everything that you got going on, man. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, no appreciate doubt, you, Tanner, man. Take care, baby. Take care. All right, brother. All right, Pete. Tanner, man. That was good. That was good. Oh, man. That, man. That That's was, uh, man. That's my guy. Hey, I, 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 I learned a lot about, hey, <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this podcast, homie. I'm glad we kind of teamed up to do these podcasts. I mean, because I'm, I, again, I'm getting educated. I'm becoming more knowledgeable about the talent, the guests that we bring on this show, man. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, our production team and everybody involved with this show, man, we appreciate them as well. Uh, providing us content, obviously, to ask our guests. But, man, this, you know, this is probably one of the better ones that I've been a part of listening um, and and having, you know, Santana share, you know, some of the stories and, and, and just ask, you know, answering some of the questions that we had, man. This was uh, this mm-hmm. was one of the best shows that uh, one of the better shows that, that we've had. Yeah, because I think people don't realize, you know, what that we're on. We're not all the same. <laughs> we're just not. And people it's like, OK, no, he's we're not. NFL we're black. Play- <laughs> but again, like you're, you're, if you're black and you play professional sport, they put you in this certain box right, right. and they think like, okay, he is this way. Like, no, people are, 
and again, we, we, we touched on again, right? No offers in high school. You know what I'm wow. saying? He ends up having a 14 year career in the NFL. He wasn't no wow. superstar right there in the, in the mud in Miami down South where there's six, three athletes everywhere in, in Miami. And like I said, for him to make a, a, a great, uh, you know, contribution at the university of, of Miami and then go on to have a 14 year NFL career. And again, it just goes to show you guys, it's like, again, it's not about your talent. You guys going to have to work through something and just continue to fight. And, you know, it seems like we have the same conversation every show where it comes, you know, we're talking to people who did not have, you know, these weren't the four huge four or five star guys coming in high school was a superstar since they were in, you know, eighth or ninth grade. I think we've had one out of 25, you know what I'm saying? So, and again, I just look forward, I look forward to continue to have these conversations, but yeah, Santana Moss, that's, that's family right there, guy. Yeah, absolutely. And what I got from him uh, of everything that you just mentioned to get to where he is or where he was, I mean, 14 year career. Mm -hmm. I want all these kids. And I, again, if there's mom's dad, granddads, grandmothers, aunts, uncles that are listening, what he said and what resonates with me with this podcast, of all the things that he said within this podcast, he said he had to want it. Mm-hmm. These kids, they have to want it. They have to want it. They like you said, the, no the parent can't want it. Right, exactly. They can't, <laughs> we can, yeah, they can't want it for right. you. Right. That yeah. individual have to want it for themselves. And that's yeah. what really resonated with me, like you said, of just not having any High school offers coming out of high school, dude, bro. That blew my mind. Yeah. But he, but what he said then is is kind of like what I did too. Like you have to want it. Nobody, mm-hmm. we as parents and cousins and uncles, we can want it for you all day. But, but until that individual wants it for themselves, it's not going to happen. So for all you kids and parents and people that are listening, you got to want it. We can't. I mean, we, we can't want it for you. We can't want it bad, better than you. You know what I mean? We can't, we, we, we just can't do it. Right. Because I mean, I said, even if you're like saying, well, if I want it as bad as my son or my nephew and I'm going to get him, you know, I'm going to pay for a trainer and I'm going to make sure he wakes up at six. Like all those things are null and void. If that kid is like, man, I don't feel like going to the gym. Or, you know like, what I'm saying? Like, you guys- like Santana said, <laughs> if you're not buying in, just like when he there took the leadership role about, you know, everybody not cutting their hair before, you know, until they make a bowl Major. game. Yep. Everybody has to buy in. If you're not, if you're not sold with what you know, people that have gone before you have done, and and they're trying to put you on a path to success, and if you don't buy into it, then what's what's the point mm-hmm. in really doing it? Exactly, exactly. And okay, that brings us to our three and out segment, where we like to take three topics that we kind of took from the from the show. And again, that mm-hmm. kind of goes back. I think number one for me was um, the perspective he has on Daniel Snyder, because as yeah. you know, in the media. He kind of gets a bad rap. He's getting a bad rap right now with, again, 40% of the minority owners, you know, selling their stake because they don't want to work with a Daniel Snyder. And wow. here's somebody who has a great relationship um, after post-career, which mm-hmm. a lot of owners and players don't have. Um, he's got a great relationship with him and his positive perspective on Snyder. And like I say, giving him the thumbs up, you know, it's like he really appreciates what Snyder has done with the Washington Redskins. Absolutely. I, I can, you know, I, I feel the same way. I can basically echo those same uh, sentiments of just the reputation of Dan Snyder. It's like I said, I mean, I was probably I'm guilty, just like everybody else, you know. Um, but honestly, just hearing him out, understanding mm-hmm. his relationship. And that's the thing is that until you know someone personally, 
Um, again, you can always go by, you know, the perception of someone, but until you are around that person or you hear from someone that you really value their opinion, um, then it's probably not never going to change. But mm-hmm. obviously, like I said, that was a, a, a great to hear from some Santa, from Santana Moss that, you know, again, he changed my mind a bit uh, about the reputation of Dan Snyder. So. Absolutely. Uh, second one was uh, the, the brotherhood at the U, the culture. Yeah, that the culture, bond. yeah. Uh, again, I was growing up and being from Cleveland, Ohio, again, I was a late bloomer physically. I was never going to go D1 because, of, like I said, I was six foot, maybe 155 pounds as a senior in high school. But my dream school was the University of Miami. Like that was if I could even just put on the helmet, like because I just remember watching the Lamar Thomases and the um, uh, Randall mm. Hills of the world. And every time mm. they would catch a three yard route, they put their hands up in the air like they just scored an 80 yard touchdown. Right. And I used to just <laughs> love that. And, um, right. you know, that culture and that bond that they have down there in Miami, it's just awesome. And I talking to pros now that have retired from the NFL, they're more bonded with their teammates from the U than they are from, you know, the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens. Well, continue to fantasize and think all you want. Imagine that with that kid's <laughs> imagination, because you still haven't bloomed. And you can put on you, a Miami Hurricane helmet. You say today. I can't play for the Canes today? Is that what you're no, telling me? Absolutely not. You can put on a Miami Hurricane helmet right now, and you still oh. won't reach the pinnacle in which oh. your imagination has taken you. So I'm going to need you to take it a couple of notches all, down. All I'm I need a, is a, my imagination, brother. That's, I, that's what's wrong. I'm going to need you to take it down a few <laughs> notches. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. So at number three, uh, w- what surprised me is that, yeah, I mean, I didn't even really catch it when he said it. Mm-hmm. He said his grandmother was Native yep. American. Yep. White and Cherokee. Like, yep. What? Wow. That, yeah. yeah, that 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 really blew my mind. And again, he playing with the Redskins. They're going through uh, the change because Redskins is a derogatory term for Native mm-hmm. Americans. And like I say, he's going back into his own head, you know, his own life, his own culture and find out his grandmother right. is like I said, white and Cherokee is, you know, brings it all back home. And he understands, you know, why they were fighting for that, you know, for that change. And of course, hopefully, right. you know, he'll understand when Daniel Snyder gets a change, he'll be able to be a part of that as well. So, yeah, man, Tan Man, we call him Tana Man. So Santana Moss, right. <clears throat> Santana Moss, 14 year NFL wide receiver, veteran, pro bowler, second team, all pro. We appreciate you coming on, brother. Yeah, Again. thanks a lot, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. We appreciate it. And we, we I know yeah. this is probably an extra, but again, I appreciate the 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 two he, he named his five his top five. And mm-hmm. the most surprising outside of myself, Jerry and Randy, his mm-hmm. other two were Sterling Sharp and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Smith. Wow. And very was, respected. Yeah. Very respected. And I love the top yeah. five. I love it. So yeah, so we'll we'll have a bonus. <laughs> we'll have a three and out <laughs> plus a bonus. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how we do on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. No doubt. Subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, wipe up, and share because sharing is caring. Please, sharing guys, caring. if you like the show, let us know what's up. Hit us on the Get Your Podcast uh, Instagram. Let us know what you think. Obviously, hit us in the comments when we post on our social media at Matthew Hatchet, at Terrell Lawrence. We're posting all our episodes uh, every Tuesday. And if you want to see and hear the video version, uh, yeah, just tune in to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Terrell Peace.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.